Minus 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Oh my goodness. Five, four, three, two, one. What a couple of days we have in store for you at Nationals Park. Welcome into the Mass and All Access podcast. Bobby Blanco, Amy Jennings coming at you from the Mass and Web Studio. Thank you so much for tuning in on this Thursday. Hopefully you're watching on Mass and Nationals Facebook page or the YouTube channel or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts you're listening to after the fact. We have a lot to talk about today because, of course, Amy, this is a big weekend, not only at Nationals Park, but in Washington, D.C. It's going to be a jam-packed Father's Day weekend coming up. The Nationals have hit some bumpy roads on the field uh, this week, but everyone is looking forward, of course, to Ryan Zimmerman's jersey retirement this weekend. That's why I am rocking my Ryan Zimmerman. Check it out. Oh, yeah. There we go. Jersey today on the pod um, that I got after they won the World Series. You are rocking the T-shirt they're giving away. away. Well, you spin. I'll see if I can hold up mine. The employee number 11. How great is that Ryan Zimmerman just makes that offhand comment on air on Masson, and then they just make this a whole thing. thing. It's a whole thing. (laughs) T-shirt. Uh, jerseys. Uh, we'll have a full rundown right um, at the top of the show of what to expect this weekend. But first, Amy, you just got back from vacation. You are making me look incredibly pale up here. Uh, I think it's the lighting and our background and the fact yeah, that I'm wearing that white help. and you're yeah. wearing red. But you just got back from uh, Florida. How was your grandmother's 100th birthday yes, party? Yes, my great-grandmother turned 100 years old. Wow. I've never met anybody who's been 100 years old. Um, so that's pretty incredible, but it was awesome. The whole family went down. They live in Tampa, Florida. So the whole family got together. It was a big celebration, um, and it was a lot of fun and got some sun. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. you're making me look real, real pale. But hopefully <laughs> I'll get some sun this weekend yeah. uh, in National Park. It's supposed to be incredibly disgusting and uncomfortable Friday on Friday for the doubleheader of all days. Of but Saturday and Sunday are supposed to be beautiful okay. at National Park. So. Just get through tomorrow, and uh, it'll be good weather at Nats Park. Um, yeah, we're, we're going to talk all about, of course, what's happening on the actual baseball diamond over these past couple of days. Like I said, the Nationals started off this homestand really well, and then it has just gone all downhill from there. Not <laughs> at any fault of their own, just run into some bad luck yeah. over the past couple of days. But we do, because we know everyone's interested, excited, uh, we do want to run through what is happening this weekend at Nats Park for Ryan Zimmerman weekend. The Nationals, of course, are now going to play five games over the next four days against the Phillies. Tomorrow's doubleheader. The first game is rescheduled from the canceled first series as part of that first week of games that was canceled due to the lockout in early April. So those two games against the Phillies have been rescheduled. Of course, they picked this weekend to do mm-hmm. one of those games, so it's a doubleheader Friday. Quick note, you do need separate tickets for Friday. There's a ticket for t- the 1 o'clock game, and there's a ticket for the 7 o'clock game, which officially kicks off Zim weekend. You need a separate ticket for that. You can't just go to the first game, hang out all day, and get the giveaways and stuff like that. <laughs> You'll have to exit the ballpark and come back in. It is a split doubleheader. And the t-shirt giveaway isn't until the evening game. The correct? evening game, yes. Yeah. Saturday, the, the afternoon game has nothing to do with Zimmerman weekend. It's just a rescheduled Phillies game. Nothing special about it. Um, The evening is when things get kicked off. Gates open at 5.30 Friday, uh, and then on 6 o'clock, on-field in a social Q&A sessions with former players. Um, I believe Zemmerin is going to be doing his with our very own Bob Carpenter, and I think 
Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler of the radio broadcast are going to be um, doing their live Q&A with former players who were teammates of Zim on the Nationals Instagram page. So be sure to look out for that. That's on Friday. The giveaway is these T-shirts, employee number 11, presented by Budweiser. First 25,000 fans ages 21 and up will get these T-shirts. They are very soft, very nice. I love the material they have switched they these giveaway. They are soft. I like it. You, you can, you'll be sweating in them because, again, it's going to be hot on Saturday, on Friday. But they're very cool. They've got the two, three silhouettes of Zim on the back, number 11, employee number 11. So be sure you get there in time to grab your T-shirt for a Friday night's game. That takes us into Saturday. That's when the real festivities begin. This game was supposed to start at 4 o'clock, 4.05. They pushed it back about a half hour uh, till 4.35. Gates open at 2.30 on Saturday. I know a lot of people were complaining that that's not a lot of time. The Nationals are imploring fans to get there early. Mm-hmm. Metro, Uber, if you have a parking pass, make sure you have enough driving time to get down to Nationals Park and get into line and get into the stadium. Uh, there's a lot going on. There's the Something in the Water concert on the mall all weekend. Oh, yeah. There are a couple of other parades going on. So be sure to give yourself enough time to get to the ballpark. They want all fans in the ballpark and in their seats at 3 o'clock. That's when the ceremony is going to start around 310. I know it's tricky. Uh, I think that's not the Nationals' fault, though. I think that's a Major League Baseball thing where gates are, have to open two hours before first pitch. Uh, uh, that's, the, that's the time limit, so I don't think that's a Nationals' thing. I'm sure they could have requested maybe, yeah, but because that's, I think that's normal. Even, like, since like COVID, like, I know at Camden Yards, gates don't open until an hour before, right? Um, and they haven't changed that, so I'm sure probably two hours before was the limit this year, probably a Major League Baseball thing. I think the Nationals would have chosen to open them as early as possible to get fans in there and avoid lines and any issues. Yeah, so 2.30 uh, gates, they want you in your seats by 3 o'clock. Ceremony starts at 3.10. It's going to be an hour and a half long-ish ceremony uh, to retire. Of course, Zim is obviously the first national to get his number officially retired. Mm-hmm. No one will ever wear number 11 again in a national's uniform. So they're making this a big deal, rightfully so, Mr. National. Uh, so they want to make sure everyone has enough time and understands the procedure so we have all the fans in there and can you know enjoy this day. I heard Zim talking on the radio this morning, and he said this day is as much as for the fans that it is for me. I mean, I would not be here doing this without the fans. They, and they deserve to enjoy some of this as well. So that's pretty nice of him to say. So be sure you get yourself enough time. There's a kids t-shirt giveaway. Kids 2006 Ryan Zimmerman jersey t-shirt presented by Harris Teeter in the Washington Post. That'll be given away on Saturday's game. Um, and then they've also announced a bunch of new limited edition uh, Zimmerman merchandise being for, for sale at the team store. A Mr. National bobblehead. They're going to sell commemorative tickets. Um, there's going to be photo activations throughout the ballpark, including a three-dimensional number 11. A chalk artist is going to sketch Zimmerman's last home game in oh. Centerfield Plaza. Um, the 50-50 raffle, of course, is going to uh, benefit the Zims Foundation and their fight against MS. Of course, a you know, very dear to Zimmerman, uh, Ryan's heart. So it's just going to be a jam-packed weekend. Be sure you give yourself plenty of time, plan ahead. All this information can be found on nationals.com slash Zim and on the massinsports.com front page under Nationals News. This is awesome, especially for fans who, you know, didn't get to go through all the exciting ceremonies in 2020 after right. the Nationals won won the World Series. So, I mean, I know this is a completely different ball game in that they're retiring Ryan Zimmerman's number, but it's still really exciting, especially for fans, because it's it's never been done before in yeah. Nationals history. want to give a shout-out to JJ and Valerie and Kyle from the Nationals PR department for hooking us up with these oh, T-shirts yeah. to promote on the pod today. Also, our new bobbleheads. We've got the 
Josh Bell Hulk bobblehead from this past weekend and the Soto Shuffle from a couple weekends ago. So we want to give a thanks to them for supporting the pod and decorating um, our desk as we do our live podcast every single week. Mass National's Facebook page and YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe. Um, All right. Is that enough for Zim Weekend? We'll be there too. I'm excited. We'll be there too. We'll be Mm -hmm. um, covering the game for Mass and Nationals. Of course, all the pregame ceremonies uh, at Mass and Nationals on social media. Instagram, Twitter are the main ones. Of course, we'll have posts on Facebook as well. Hopefully, we'll have his press conference live on Saturday. Yep. You should subscribe to, if you don't already, tell everyone to subscribe to the YouTube Mm -hmm. channel, the Facebook page. Make sure you have notifications when we go live. Uh, His press conference with the media around 2 o'clock-ish on Saturday should be going live on Masson Nationals, if not a little later after the fact, before the pregame ceremony start. All on Masson, too, by the way. If you can't get down to the ballpark, everything will be shown on Masson starting at 3 o'clock leading up to the game. So full coverage of Zimmerman weekend on Masson as well if you cannot uh, physically get down to the ballpark. I'm excited, Bobby. Yeah, it's going to be a long weekend. Again, the five di- the five games in four days is brutal oh, no. On the, of all weekends, but Eight it'll be fun. Eight games in seven days, now five yeah. and four. It's like, whew. 11 games in 10 days for this homestand. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's it's absolutely brutal. So let's get into that now. We gave Zimmerman his due. It's going to be a fun weekend, but let's talk about the guys still on the team. And they just hit a rough patch right now, Amy. It's been absolutely brutal this week. They started off well, winning big games against the Brewers Friday night mm-hmm. and Saturday to kick off this homestand. You get a valiant effort from Paulo Espino and Evan Lee on Sunday, combining to cover six innings, a close game, but you fall. That happens. You still won the series. But ever since then, it's just been hit after hit after hit for this team. Bad news after bad news. Josiah Gray gets scratched from his start on Monday due to a rain delay, which we'll get into. Uh, Steven Strasburg, of course, lands back on the IL with a rib issue. Uh, Juan Soto bangs his knee on a bench in the the, uh, dugout and has missed the last two games. It's just been chaos for the Nationals off the field and affecting it, them on the field. It really has. I mean, when you saw Paulo Espino and Evan Lee needing to cover six innings on Sunday, you didn't know what was to come, um, the the after effects uh, in, in the days to come. And it's been weird stuff. Like Juan Soto in the ninth inning of the game on Monday slipped and fell and hit his knee off the bench, I believe, going to get his bat or going to get his helmet. And hasn't played since it's so that was just a bizarre you know happening and then of course I don't think anybody expected Steven Strasburg to end up back on the IL and then the rain I mean it just it seems like it's just been some bizarre weird things happening for the Nationals and not in a good way I don't I don't get it because the rain part they called that game I called it but they put it in delay like right around first pitch if you knew it was coming why go have the pitcher? I know, I understand the Braves pitcher had to do the same thing. Uh-huh. But Josiah Gray right now, it's one thing to get beat up by the Braves in the Phillies this week, if it happens. Um, when you're at full strength, you're just like, all right, they're just a better team. But when you're not at a full strength, it's just kind of tough to swallow, you know? And Josiah pitched really well against the Braves earlier this mm-hmm. year, so he could have had a really strong outing and gave the Nationals a good start to this week. Uh, he goes, warms up. They decide to delay the game. It's like an hour and a half rain delay. So he's already warmed up, throwing his you know, 30 plus, 35 plus warm up pitches in the bullpen. They don't want to take a risk with their young pitcher, so they tell him to sit it out. Uh, and they have to basically do a bullpen game that day. And, and you know, Erasmo Ramirez did as much as he could, but he yeah. gets rocked early. I think six runs in three innings. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just unfortunate. I don't understand how, if you knew it was coming, why don't you just tell the teams, hold off on sending your pitchers out? Let's make sure that well, this. That's- at worst, you start the game. 
five, 10 minutes late than normal. Right. I think that's what's frustrating. I mean, I totally understand Davey Martinez's decision after he threw yes. you know, almost 40 warm-up pitches, then sat for an hour and a half. Totally understand him not sending Josiah Gray, especially, you know, given how young he is out there in those, you know, in that situation. That probably wouldn't have been good. He gets hurt and then, you know, Davey Martinez doesn't hear the end of it. But yeah, I agree. It must have been iffy whether they were going to call or delay the game because there's no way. I mean, I just, I, I don't get it. Like you see the radar, you know it's coming. Yeah. I don't really end up, I don't see how you end up in that situation when they delay the game, you know, before the game's supposed to start. You right. know, it's different if they, you know. I That's why I always get confused. I Rain delays are the team's call, but postponements are MLB's call, mm-hmm. I think. So I guess technically it's the Nationals. I don't blame Davey Martinez. I agree. I, I would have done the same thing. Hey, you threw 40 pitches just now. You can't risk you're, you're not. I'm not sending you out after sitting for an hour and a half. That's that's not how this is going to work. So I totally get that. I guess it's the decision, whoever's decision was it, to try to play on time. And like again, like I said, like, hey, if you see it coming, worst case scenario, you start 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes late by setting the pitchers out late to warm up. And same thing on the other side. I'm sure the Braves were annoyed too because then their pitcher had to be scratched as well. Right. So it's just an unfortunate situation. And again, I mean, it's unfortunate if it happens to anybody, but the fact that it was Josiah Gray, their best pitcher right now, against one of the hottest teams in baseball, the defending World Series champions, you would have liked Josiah to have been able to go out there and make that start and hopefully give the Nationals off on the right foot. Exactly. And then the worst part is the ripple effect that it caused right. because you had Paulo Espino and Evan Lee, your longest arms in the bullpen right now, had to cover six innings on Sunday, so they weren't available to go out and make that start on Monday. So he was left with Erasmo Ramirez. And, you know, credit to him, he was kind of just thrown out there. I mean, I don't know what you know you could really expect. Yeah, yeah. It's just a terrible situation. So then he goes out there, gives up six runs and three innings. It wasn't exactly pretty. Nah. Um, and then your bullpen's beat up from there on out. From there on out, and you know you essentially did a bullpen game. Credit to Evan Lee and Paulo Espino for covering six on Sunday, mm-hmm. but that essentially was a bullpen game. And then you have Strasburg. I mean, you have to feel for the guy. He comes out. He looks good, good enough. He got through his first start in Miami on Thursday, relatively healthy. He said he felt fine. It was the bullpen after the fact that he felt something weird and now lands back on the 15-day IL uh, with a rib issue. And who knows how long he's going to be out. I think this is going to be an extended stay on the injury list again for Strasburg because, one, a rib injury with a pitcher, it, that, that seems like a, a bad place to have a – I mean, a bad play for anybody, but for a pitcher with all the torque and movement mm-hmm. in their and on midsection, his right side. Uh, I just think the Nationals, and with his injury history, I they're going to be extremely cautious. He's going to be shut down for a while, and he's not going to be able to pick up the ball and throw for a little bit. And then once that happens, he's going to have to ramp back up exactly. and probably make a couple more rehab starts. So this could be a long stay for Strasburg back on the I.L. Yeah, I don't know if... Nothing would have been good news. I don't know if you wanted it to be a new injury, but hearing that it's a stress reaction in his ribs from his surgery, most likely from in 2021, I think is a little bit of a cause for concern. And yeah, just, I mean, like Davey Martinez says, uh, I don't want to say he's never, uh, we're never going to see him again. You know, I want to see him pitch again. It's just, 
it's not a good situation for for Steven Strasburg. This is his 15th trip yeah. to the IL. He's been injured 10 of his 13 seasons in baseball. And now his, I think, fourth since the World Series. Series. Mm-hmm. 2020, 2021, and now twice this year. And he's only pitched in, was it now eight games in less than 30 yep, innings? 30, yeah, around 30 Around innings. 30 innings. So it's tough. You, you hope, I mean, no one comes back from this thoracic outlet syndrome surgery ever the same it's not tommy john it's not you know a normal injury that you see from it is bad news bears for pitchers look at will harris he's going through the same thing and he hasn't even picked up a ball yet Mm -hmm. um so it is a a, a tough surgery to come back from i also you know what and and should bring this up too because zimmerman brought this up in his radio interview this morning too You, you know he kind of felt like he needed to go defend Steven because, you know, he's like, Steven's not going to do it himself. He's just not that kind of guy. He's very quiet. But people are accusing Strasburg of being soft, weak, just taking his paycheck, you know, eating the Nationals' money. And Zimmerman's like, there's no one who wants to be out there more than Steven Strasburg. Right. Also, I mean, he... Who would want to like want the backlash of that, you know, collect that paycheck and then never pitch? Like, that's just... He would want to do that, you know? That would be a terrible look. Of course he wants to pitch, yeah. And he's just not that kind of guy. He doesn't show it as, like, Mm-mm. people who are used to seeing Max Scherzer wear his emotions on his sleeve and be so vocal and adamant and, uh, you know, show what he's thinking, say what he's thinking and show it on the mound, that's not Steven Strasburg. I mean, he, he'll get excited in the moment, but he's not going to sit in front of his locker fuming or whatever and really, you know, show it all. He's, you know, he's just a way more tempered person than that. So for those of you who don't see it, like, play out on the field, doesn't mean that Trost doesn't feel it. And it's got to be very frustrating that you had the lockout, didn't have access to team doctors while he's trying to rehab. Spring training gets pushed back. Your routine thrown all of whack. You had to be shut down at, at some point. You ramp back up. You pitched really well in your last two rehab assignments. Uh, starts in uh, Rochester mm-hmm. and, and Fredericksburg. Uh, and then you pitch decently in Miami, enough to give some confidence that, okay, he can pitch every five days. And then to immediately have that shut down is, is, is a tough pill to swallow. It's just, oh, nothing could be worse. He went four and two-thirds in that outing against the Marlins. He gave up eight hits and seven earned runs, but he did have five strikeouts. And it was a solid enough outing. You know, he, he, you didn't see any issues. He wasn't wincing or, you know, everything – felt normal and it's like Steven Strasburg is really about to build himself back up and we're going to see him for the rest of the season and then I think the best case scenario for Strauss right now is you get him back for the second half I, I don't think sometime in August I, I again he's going to be shut down he's not going to pitch for a while you're gonna to have to ramp him back up ideally if he's going to pitch again this season you get five to 10, maybe not in many, between five and 10 starts at the end of the season, just that he can prove that he can go back out there every five days. And you, that would give yeah. some level of confidence going into next year that with a full regular off season, access to team doctors, a regular spring training, he could be somewhat normal heading into 2023. Do you think at any point this year, we get to the point where we say you might never see Steven Strasburg again? I think people are already asking that question. I think it's a fair question. Um, I think we'll never see the Steven Strasburg that we saw in 2019 again. Right. That's a pretty fair assumption, an easy assumption, I think. 
uh, consider me an optimist or maybe I'm just crazy. I, I think there's a chance we still, I, I'm not counting them out. Again, this surgery is very difficult to come back from. Mm-hmm. Not many people do. And they're definitely not the same. But I do think that there is a chance, even if he comes back and is just a different type of pitcher, we'll never see that velocity back like he has. But he doesn't need that for his curveball, which is one of the best pitches in baseball when he's on. I think he can develop a new type of pitching if he stays healthy. This, But the problem is, you can tell this injury has had a ripple effect on his whole body. Clearly, That yeah. rib injury has to be him overcompensating mm-hmm. for the thoracic outlet syndrome. Right. And that's been the kind of the case for Strauss's whole career. Something, something else pops up every now and then because something else is hurt and he's trying to protect it. Right. And after seeing him in those last two rehab starts and then his, his start against the Marlins, it's kind of hard to say, you know, oh, we'll never see Steven Strasburg again because he was good. I mean, yeah. really good, especially those last two rehab starts. I, I think, I mean, with the contract situation too, I mean, he signed through 26 years in 2019. No, seven years. So he signed through 2026. So he's not going anywhere. Um, that contract is not going to be just thrown out the window. The Nationals are going to be have to pay for that, and that's going to count towards the competitive balance tax. It's probably a fair question to ask if we see Strauss again this year. That's definitely up in the air. I, maybe we even lean towards no. But, I again, with the full spring training, we'll see him again in spring training next year, and then the questions will come back mm-hmm. up again. Can he actually start? Will he actually be a part of this rotation? He's not done. I, I I would be surprised if we find out at the end of this year that, you know, he's done. Yeah, it's just been – and you couldn't have seen it coming. You know, you give him that contract. He was absolutely incredible in 2019. And you couldn't have seen any of this coming. It's just been so unfortunate, just kind of like this last week. It's just some of the stuff you just – you couldn't see coming. Yeah. Um, so, but then also the ripple effect there is that Jackson Tatro has to make his major league debut on Tuesday once the decision – I think on was announced Monday that Strasburg wouldn't be able to make mm-hmm. that start. You're looking at the AAA roster, top prospects like Kay Cavalli, Cole Henry aren't on rotation. Cavalli actually pitches tonight in Rochester on Thursday. So Jackson Tatro, who is not listed among MLB Pipeline uh, top 30 Nationals prospect, gets the call. He strikes out Ronald Acuna Jr. in his first at bat. You're feeling good? <laughs> and then everything kind of goes downhill from there. He gives up seven runs and I think only three innings, four innings. Yep, um, four it was innings. one of those games where the poor kid had to just wear it for his now new teammates because the Nationals needed some kind of lane. They could not afford to pull him after two or three. They needed him to get those last four innings, and, and it was just kind of a, a, a tough way to start a major league career. Yeah, that was, I think, the worst part in the th- – third inning I think it was he gave up back-to-back home runs and Davey Martinez didn't have a choice but to say hey kid you're gonna have to wear it you're gonna be the one to just have to wear it and he Jackson did say after his outing you know that helped him and you know facing a really good lineup like the Braves you know helped him to learn there's no better team to just go out there and do it and he's gonna learn from it and hopefully next out his next outing he settles down a little bit and settles in a little bit the good news is he was getting some swings and misses with his stuff, so that's good to see, but not the results you, you kind of hoped for. <laughs> the nine hits, three home runs, seven runs, a walk, and two strikeouts for Tetro in his major league debut. 91 pitches, 55 strikes, and then Machado, Garrett, and Perez follow him out of the bullpen. Three more arms needed to cover five innings. Um, multiple innings by Machado and Garrett. Garrett had a pretty decent 
first start. Didn't give up any runs, only yeah. one hit. Um, just a tough way for. But I guess the other good news to look at it is that he's going to get another start. He's mm-hmm. listed as the starter for Sunday's finale against the Phillies. That's just kind of the situation. The Nats. That's probably the last one because the Nats do get two off days next week surrounding the Baltimore series. Um, so they'll be able to kind of reset the rotation after that, kind of figure out who's going to be in it and who's not. Um, that might be the sign for Tatro to go back down to to Triple A. Uh, but he'll get another start. He'll get another shot shot at it. Um, against a tough lineup in the Phillies, who are now also one of the hottest teams on the planet. Exactly. But I'm sure he's kind of excited about it because yeah. you come out, you make a debut like that, you get to go out there and make another, uh, get, you know, get you get another chance. I think a lot of teams, if you come up and make your debut like that, you'd be sent right back down. Yeah. But the situation that the Nationals are in right now, they need him to go out there and make another start so he can redeem himself a little bit. And the other thing is, too, is like you, he has more time to prepare for this one. Like he was told that he's going to be making the start Monday afternoon, Monday night, and had to drive with Francisco Perez from mm-hmm. Scranton. I think the, I think Rochester was in Scranton. Oh, okay. Um, all the way down to D.C. It's like four hours or something Something like, like that. that. Um, but now he's got a full week working with Jim Hickey and Kaber Ruiz or Riley Adams and has a full week to go through a major league pitching plan and prepare for this start. And now there's not there's no pressure. I mean, you might feel a little pressure, a little amped up on your major league debut. Second one, yeah, it's still exciting, obviously, but it's not as much pressure. Maybe you can kind of just go out and just pitch. Mm-hmm. And those guys only have now four innings of work on you. I don't know how they can prepare to go after Tatro, who, who, like you said, flashed some pretty good stuff, got some good swings and misses. So less pressure. More preparation, maybe Tatro can throw out a pretty decent outing Sunday. Right, plus, not that the bullpen's going to necessarily be in a better situation when his start comes on Sunday, but (sighs) Davey Martinez did say, you know, he had to tell him, hey, kid, I need you to go out there and throw as many innings as you can because I don't have anybody to come in after you, you know. Um, Our bullpen's pretty banged up, so go out there and and eat up as many innings as you can. Well, let's talk about the rest of the rotation then for this weekend because you've got a game tonight, you've got two tomorrow, Saturday, and then Sunday. Um, the Nationals need some length. I mean, they barely – I don't know if you can discount five and a third innings as length from Eric Fetty. It's more, it's the longest outing they've gotten since Saturday, so that helps. And then you only needed two pitchers mm-hmm. in uh, – no, actually three. C-Sheck, Carl Edwards Jr., and Francisco Perez again to close out last night's 8-2 loss to the Braves. But you didn't touch any of your – guys like Finnegan, Rainey, right. um, Machado got the night off, Ramiro's got the night off. So if you can get some kind of similar length from Patrick Corbin tonight and stay away, I know. I feel like we're always talking about this. I know. And hopefully you stay away from Paulo Espino and Evan mm-hmm. Lee, and they're both able to make starts for the doubleheader on Friday. You get to Josiah Gray on Saturday somewhere along the I mean it starts tonight you got to take a day by day Dave mm-hmm. Martinez says we have to take a day by day I cannot plan for a doubleheader Friday when I don't know who is going to be available after Thursday so that's a tricky part but best case scenario Corbin gives you six you get Evan Lee and Paulo Spino they give you four to five Josiah Gray gets you six or seven Saturday and then you got some guys to be able to back up Tatro on Sunday available uh, if needed. Yeah, that's the well, scary part. I mean, yeah, Davey Martinez says, I cannot tell you who's starting the games on Friday yet because I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, if Patrick Corbin goes out there 
And, I mean, he's not going to be able to yank him early. He's just no, not going to no. be able to. No matter how, dig of, how big of a hole he digs, I just don't think they're going to be able to go to the bullpen early. But you really hope that Patrick Cor- Corbin can give you a solid outing. Six innings. It's not good when we're talking about Eric Fetty, five and a third, is the best we've seen um, all week. Corbin has gone 103, 91, and 106 pitches over his last three starts. So I would, and Fetty went 111 last night. So I would expect Corbin to reach that 110 mark ish. And it's either going to be over six, six or seven innings or like three or four, mm-hmm. <laughs> like kind of like Fetty does. And so that's kind of the scary part. You just hope he's a little more effective, get some ground balls, double play balls when he puts guys on base, gets out of quick innings, and is able to go deeper than normal normal um then we've seen him over the past he's gone he's gone at least six in his last two and at least six or at least five in all but one of his last six outings Mm -hmm. so that's some sign of encouragement if that's what you get tonight you're you you take you can live with that and who's going to really feel the effects is josiah gray on saturday because you have two bullpen games really essentially essentially on Friday, Josiah Gray, <laughs> he's going to feel the most effect on Saturday. And But that's the guy you would probably want. I was thinking going in before yesterday, before David kind of announced that Josiah got bumped to Saturday. And, and now Josiah's also on an extra day's rest. True. So he essentially skipped his spot in the rotation. So he's on some extra rest. So he should be able to go deeper. But I was kind of thinking like, look, you're going to have to – I always think doing two bullpen bullpen games, we're calling them, even though Espino <laughs> and Lee are stretched out as starters technically. But that's very risky because all it takes is one of them not to get that deep, and then the rest of the day is thrown off. Mm-hmm. I mean, typically the veteran gets the call which one they want to start, and that is typically the nightcap. But if I'm Davey Martinez, I might go up to Paulo Espino and be like, I need you to start the first game. You because think? I because I think I can count on you more so than Evan Lee, no offense to Evan Lee, to get deeper into the game. If Evan Lee gets shelled, and like you said, it, it's he whoever it is is just going to have to wear it. Yeah. But if he gets shelled and can only go like three or less, that is just crumple up the paper and throw out the blueprint for the rest of the weekend because that's going to be bad news for the bullpen the rest of the yeah, day. Yeah, that's that's going to be interesting who starts that first game because yeah, you almost think Davey Martinez would say to Paulo Espino, I, I need you to start that first game. But also Evan Lee's probably stretched out a little bit more than Paulo Espino before, you know, coming into Because this, he was before, starting at Because he was starting yeah. and going, you know, six and seven innings every outing. But I know his, it's completely different up here. Right, but it's also his last two now have come out of the bullpen with the Nationals. True. So he hasn't started since his debut. True. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting. But you, you hope that you can get the most out of both of them because the bullpen, in theory, could already be banged up tonight. Then they need the bullpen Saturday, and then Tetro starts on Sunday. So, so Evan Lee went uh, three and two-thirds in his debut against the Mets through 67 pitches. Uh, one and two-thirds against the Marlins, his second outing, 26 pitches, and then threw 41 over two and a third mm-hmm. against the Brewers on Sunday. So it's been a while since he's he's gone that deep. So he can it. get up to 60, close to 70, maybe a little bit more. It's just a matter – I mean, it's also going to be the idea of who's the, how efficient these guys are. You know, you can do throw 67 pitches over five innings, and mm-hmm. that's a great – but you can also throw 67 over three innings. True. So it's just counting down the outs – 
And you know what else we haven't touched on yet is what else could help this pitching staff is some offense. Mm-hmm. If you get a big lead, that takes a lot of pressure off these guys. Um, ever since kind of exploding against the Brewers Friday and Saturday, it's been a very quiet Nationals offense. You get Juan Soto back hopefully tonight. That obviously helps. Uh, Lane Thomas has been phenomenal from the leadoff spot. That's not going to change. Cesar mm-hmm. Hernandez has been pretty good right behind him, getting on base for Soto, Bell, and Cruz. Cruz has finally found his swing, it seems like. Caber um, Ruiz, great at bat. Luis Garcia crushing the ball. And it's just kind of like, why wasn't he up here from earlier? But mm-hmm. I digress. We'll talk about that later. Um, so if they can come – and, you know, the Braves pitching staff is way better than – the Phillies. I mean, the Phillies, especially the bullpen, they just blew a huge lead against the Marlins this week. So, yes, their offense is up, but the pitching staff isn't great. So, if you get some offense. Right. If you're talking about being competitive in these games, especially that double header, you need your offense to come alive yeah. and hopefully score some runs early to give those pitchers, those starters, a little bit of confidence. And maybe, I mean, these games might just be kind of back and forth blowouts, mm-hmm. high octane offense, which could be fun. Speaking of the NL East, I mean, the Nationals. One, they're running through a gauntlet right now. Mm. Like I just said, Brewers are a competitive team, but now the Braves and the Phillies are two of the hottest teams in baseball. But the Nationals just cannot get wins within the division. And we talk about it all the time. Yes, expectations are different. This team is not as talented as it once was, nor as the defending World Series champions or the Mets that don't care about money or the Phillies that have a stacked lineup. The Marlins, who are way ahead of their rebuild process in the Nationals. So, yes, the Nationals are probably bottom of the barrel right now in the division. But you've got to win some of these games. I mean, they cannot beat the Marlins, who they've dominated for years. They're 1-8 and eight against Miami. They're 2-8 and eight against the Mets. And now 2-4 uh, and four against the Braves. 5-20 and 20 overall for a 200 winning or a 20% winning percentage against the division. And they're 18-22 and 22 versus everybody else. Almost 500. Right. And it almost seems like they, they hit these par- this parts of their schedule. Brewers, then the Braves, and now the Phillies when they're in the most trouble or they've yeah. the, the deepest hole for themselves. It's like they hit these teams at, at the worst possible time. And playing so many games in so little days is just... Right. There's no worse time to have a banged-up bullpen and nobody to start games than, you know, right now when you're playing so many games. Yeah in so few days yeah we don't want to be totally doom and gloom on the Mm -hmm. podcast but it it is what it is it's been a rough week for the nationals these three games and now you got to play a lot against another good team this weekend but ryan zimmerman weekend that'll be fun that that picks up yeah Yeah. i think that's maybe under i mean davy gets asked about it a lot of course local media wants you know people people want to ask him about ryan zimmerman the guys in the clubhouse have been asked about zimmerman but maybe it's like, what are you guys looking forward to about Ryan Zimmerman weekend? Like, are you guys like excited as the fans are to like? I, I've been told and I've heard from people within the organization they have sold out Saturday. It is going to be a packed house at Nationals Park. Not just you know Phillies fans coming down from Philadelphia. It's going to be loud for Zimmerman Day. Maybe that kind of rejuvenates the guys and they go out and and steal a couple of these games from the Phillies. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I imagine it has to be exciting for the players that played with him, especially the guys that were on that World Series team. And then for the younger, the new guys, I'm sure there's a, you know, a certain amount of respect yeah. um, for Ryan Zimmerman. So I think it'll be really cool to see. It might be a kind of a nice reset after a long week for the Nationals. Isn't it also kind of ironic that it's coming against the Phillies, so Bryce Harper will be in town? Mm-hmm. I didn't and, even think about that. Mm-hmm. Bryce yep. Harper will be there. Zim said today that he he still keeps in touch with Bryce. They talk every once really? in a while. Um, 
And Kyle Schwarber makes his return to Nationals Park too tonight. True. Uh, so that that's just kind of funny how that works out. That is funny. Yeah. I can't think of huh. any other former National that's currently still playing. I guess Rendon, but it's pro- I, I think I would take like because Zim took Bryce under his wing when he got here. Oh right. So it's like that that kind of relationship exists mm-hmm. way more. Not to say that Rendon and Zim aren't friends, but. Um, it is kind a of interesting, right? It's kind yeah. of interesting. Probably the biggest name former national returns the day that they're celebrating Zimmerman, uh-huh. who he learned everything. But from and Jason Worth's going to be there too. Um, let's run down the guys who are going to be there because a lot of the people are wondering about that. Ian Desmond, Danny Espinoza, Adam LaRoche, Jordy Mercer, Daniel Murphy, Lance Nix, Brandon Schneider. Brian Schneider, excuse me, Jason Worth, Gio Gonzalez, and Jordan Zimmerman all returning. Those are like some of the, those are big names from the Nationals glory days between 2012 and 2019. And that's really awesome. That just shows what big of a deal it is that they are able to get all of those guys in the ballpark for this event. I mean, some of those teams that included guys like Gio and Jordan Zimmerman and Ian Desmond, and of course, Jason Worth, uh, Daniel Murphy, two phenomenal, two and a half phenomenal Mm -hmm. seasons in D.C., um, carrying them to the playoffs in 16 and 17. Adam LaRoche, who essentially Zimmerman took over first base after he retired. Uh, yeah, it's going to be very exciting this weekend. Don't forget to show up early. Mm-hmm. Employee number 11, Friday for yep. the nightcap. Get your T-shirt. For all the all the adults. And then Saturdays for the kids. Um, 2006 jerseys, uh, T-shirt jerseys That's for all cool. the kids. Number 11, Zimmerman, uh, for the giveaway. It's actually... It is cool, but at the same time, I'm like kind of. I mean, I guess. But like, they get the kids get the. The kids get not only the like the t-shirt jersey, but from 2006, like some of these kids weren't even born That's when true. Zim like made his debut. Maybe and the jerseys they reversed and it. Yeah, like they, this jersey yeah. should have looked like the 2006 one, and the kids one should look like the new one now. Right. They would have uh, been whatever, fine with that. Whatever. They all look great. They're all good. Yeah, They're soft. So They're great. It's very exciting. Um, I'm really excited to see what the plaque looks like mm-hmm. on the fact they, they already have it covered, so it's already up, but the, the unveiling will be cool. Um, again, show up early 2.30 on Saturday. Um, I have it right here. Uh, 5.30 on uh, Friday night for the gates opening. Get in your seats early. Everything will be on Masson. Of course, Masson Nationals on social media as well. We'll have full coverage from Nationals Park throughout the weekend. It's going to be a great weekend. I'm excited. All right. We'll, we'll be, be there. there. We'll be there. Shout out to Brenda Mortensen for producing this show behind the scenes. And thank you to tuning in the Mass and All Access podcast, which you can catch on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get podcasts. You can find the Mass and All Access podcast at Amy Jennings News. For Amy, I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco. Hopefully, we'll see you at the ballpark this weekend. See you later.